Hello, and welcome to Our World with your host, Ned Boy and Doc. Ned, it's been a minute, my friend. How are you? Everything's good. Glad to be back. Glad to have the show live again. Hopefully, everybody checking out our YouTube page at Netboy at Netboy Doc and listen to all our older videos. And we're back live. Okay, yeah. It's been a it's been an interesting world. Uh, we got a uh, this is the big weekend, man. This is the weekend. Finally, Floyd Connor get it on. Tomorrow night. My view on this fight has not changed one iota. Floyd should wipe the floor with him. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not even interested in seeing the fight. I mean, I, I'm going to watch. I'm just trying to debate if I should have people over to watch. But it's is, is not interesting really to me. I'm like, Floyd should be able to school him. Only thing I'm interested in really seeing is if Con instincts kick in and he like elbows him. Oh yeah, there's a there's a lot of money on the line if Connor does any shenanigans though. I mean the fine money is in Aston is more money than he would normally make in a normal fight. Depending. I was just watching uh Andre Ward speak and they said there are some boxing moves that he might be able to get away with that's in the MMA world. Well, as far as like hitting with your shoulder and forearms, when you pushing people off, we we discussed this before, and sure, it's going to be the school of Bernard Hopkins, which we will just refer to it as this dirty boxing. But like I said before, Floyd is a master also of dirty boxing. That front shoulder of Floyd is his third fist. It really is. And if you go back and look at any fight, Floyd plays that front shoulder where he actually brings it into your chin. You can't bring your chin in because he'll take your chin out with his shoulder. Mm -hmm. But Floyd, when it comes to anything to do with boxing, Floyd is a genius. You can't look at Floyd Mayweather and say, Floyd Mayweather, this knucklehead you see running around with the jewelry, laying on beds of money, beating up women or anything like that. When you look at him at this one skill set, he is a master at this one skill set. He makes other if, people... it, if anybody ever watched McGregor fight Nate Diaz, you could see that his boxing skills wasn't that great. Well, I... I'm a huge UFC fan, huge fan of UFC. I also had 83 amateur fights. There are no boxers in MMA, no boxers. Their skill set would be in a local gym of people learning. That's how bad of boxers they are. <laughs> they, we are talking at the best. At the very best, a UFC fighter might be able to win a Golden Glove. At the best. And Golden Glove is below AAU boxing. AAU is national boxing, where you get the best kids from every state who fight. Golden Gloves could be a dude who learns, say, I take a boxing in June. The Golden Gloves in New York is in October. 
I sign up for Golden Gloves. I fight as a novice in Golden Gloves in November. I'm a a, a three and O fighter versus another three and O fighter. Neither one of us know a damn thing. It's 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 the guy who's going to the local gym in his neighborhood to learn how to fight. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't you know people don't look. There's there's certain things when it comes to the arts you got to really look deep. I, I watch this foolish ass wrestling. But it's such a skill set to do what those guys do, what those women do, and not kill each other. It takes a skill set. You know, MMA fighters, I take nothing away from them. When it comes to locking, kicking, holding, choking, they're masters. But you ever notice, you never see an MMA fighter do a fucking roundhouse kick to another MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. And you you say, oh, shit, man, from all the karate you watch in your life, that's like a basic thing. I'm waiting for a guy <laughs> to come and do a flying kick across the ring. Because the first time a guy does a flying kick across the ring, he's going to get knocked out in the air. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there are skill sets and there are techniques and stuff that you practice ad nauseum, man. I mean, over and over and over and over again. While other people are going to class or school, this is your job. So you think Connor gets knocked out or is people throwing the white flag? Connor is not going to get knocked out. Connor is going to get doctor stoppage, bloodletting, because he's going to get popped. Floyd is going to open something and pop it and pop it and pop it. And actually, he's going to want to make this man suffer a little. Because there's some disrespect going on. And it's not it's not about Dan for me, boy, and that type of thing. It's, it's about business. It's about he's never said thank you to Floyd for allowing him to change his life. There's a big difference from going from, say, $5 million is your best night to 75 to 100 is now your best night. We talking changing not just Connor's life, but Connor's grandchildren's life. And he's never won. He, he's still running around saying, Floyd, you need me. You know? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, when you're building up the promotion for the fight, things change after the fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. After the fight, I mean, they could hug and, you know, you one of them could raise the other one's hand because, you know, it's over now. But uh, either way, either way, or looking up at the lights or the doctor saying that that fucking eye is too closed for him to see, you know, it's pick your poison, Connor. Pick your poison. I, don't, I, don't, I still don't think the numbers are doing too well because I keep seeing – Hey, if you order the fight in advance, you get a free T-shirt or a free hat. So I'm thinking uh, maybe they have issues with these uh, selling selling the fight. Well, one thing, one thing that I think Connor side, UFC, Dana, and Floyd has done a shit job on. Like we don't know how the government exactly runs and works because that's secret. But 
the biggest secret in a, in the world right now is the fucking undercard for this fucking fight. A hundred dollar mm-hmm. pay per view, and we ain't see. I have not seen one commercial with a boxer on the undercard yet. It'd be funny if it's just talking and then they lead to the main event. Three hours of talking and then the main event. Oh, well, you know, see, that's the thing. That's where you have to decide if you want to have a fight party because it's going to basically be like the pregame to the Super Bowl that's going to start. Like, say that fight doesn't – it's Vegas. So they won't get in the ring, I don't think, until about at least 8 or 11 o'clock New York, West, New York, uh, East Coast time, right? They might start walking to the ring at that time. Okay. But the the kickoff show will probably start seven o'clock. Yep. And how much how much Paulie Magalani can you listen to? Uh, this one can you listen to? It, it, after a while, your fucking head is spin. Me, I'm gonna tell you now. I'm going. This is how I'm watching the fight. I'm watching the fight Sunday on a rebroadcast. But don't get on YouTube. Don't get on Facebook or any forms of social media. Oh no! You know what? I don't even care. It doesn't make a difference. If say Connor comes in and in twenty two seconds knocks Floyd completely out, it won't make a difference because there is no way in the world that Doc a hundred dollars is going to um, Spectrum. Spectrum can kiss my ass for a hundred dollars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am not, especially since, like I said, I should have had four undercard fights that would have been worth it because I'm not even bothering with the undercard. Unless somebody says, you got to watch this fight, I'm not bothering with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if if you really think about it, it one day they're going to do this to us when it comes to NBA and NFL maybe, but between the money that you have to spend keeping up with the UFC, boxing, and pro wrestling, shit, man, you could spend a, a G a year on, on just pay-per-views alone. Yeah, no, I just I just had to reevaluate all my streaming services. I'm like, I got to pull I gotta pull a plug on some of these because after a while, if you have Netflix, Hulu, uh, YouTube, and uh Music apps. That's like sixty dollars right there. I'm like shit. Oh, and then you need a VPN. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, damn you. Uh, uh, let's, okay. I, I got the triple play, and I'm figuring phone, cable, internet. I'm paying two bills. Okay. That's with nothing added on. Nothing added on. You know. Now I do have to ask you a question. Because you you have let me know several times that you were a big fan of Friday Night Lights. Oh, I love that show, man. That's now, like one of my all-time favorites. Did Friday Night Lights reference Dallas Carter High School? I don't think so. I don't recall. Okay, because fictionally, the school, this Friday Night Lights, Mm-hmm. Is the school that actually lost the championship to this Dallas Carter High School, which is the new no. Thirty for Thirty on ESPN? Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't wait to see it. I haven't had a chance because I didn't tape it till like two thirty in the morning. Right. And they happen to be um, maybe the the best high school football team 
ever. Twenty-one kids went to Division One college football programs. Oh damn! Maybe the movie we might have referenced it because there was a movie Friday Night Lights, and the show was basically a spinoff from the movie. Right, and but they say that this Dallas Carter has something to do with the school from Friday Night Lights, or the person, somebody involved wrote the wrote the show. Oh right. You know. Um, so I, I, I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to that. Now talk, that came on already. You said, yes, yes. It's it's out there right now. Okay. ESPN or ESPN two would be running it. If you haven't seen it live, yeah, I'm sure two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, whatever. 30 for 30. I am a huge sports documentary fan. I don't yeah, know. If I'm not mistaken, I think they were supposed to release the Ric Flair one, but when he got sick, they, postponed it yeah november okay and hopefully you know we all love the nature boy at least i know i do and i I wish him nothing but best health yeah from the reports i've read that he's doing a little better yeah well that's that's great to hear and 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 thinking about wwe i was on a wwe site and i come across this thing called south poor regional wrestling and i go what the fuck is southpaw regional wrestling so i put i i said let me watch an episode this is the most bizarre shit ever it is a um this is the way they're doing it they're pretending that these vhs tapes were found from the 1980s of some little fucking wrestling promotion (laughs) john cena is one of the announcers wearing a horrible-ass wig. Fandango is his co-announcer, who's obviously a drunk with a, with a comb-over hairdo. And it, each episode is only five to ten minutes, and I would advise anybody who can hear my voice, watch Southpaw Regional Wrestling. This shit is funny. It is just the stupidest. Okay. One episode, they signed their first woman wrestler. The uh, one of the uh, people interviewing her is uh, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho can't keep his eyes off her titties; he just can't <laughs> do it. He, and the, the thing is, so she says, "I'm here to kick some bitches' ass," but the thing is. She's the only woman wrestler in the whole promotion. So they don't have anybody for her to fight. And John Cena's a pig. He's like, aren't women just misshapen men to begin with? (laughs) Funny, funny shaped men. What the hell we need her here for? So, and it's all the guys that you would know. All the wrestlers that's, you know, normal guys. But they're playing these characters from the '80s, and it's and it's funny. Some of them, are, like I said, only five and a half minutes, so it's a very short. Now, and this makes me think: Do you ever watch public access television? Nope, not anymore. Oh man, I used to be when I had cable vision in New York. I was a huge fucking fan of public access. Now this this is a segue into something. So I would my favorite three shows on public access, one was um 
this show with this guy, Herman Smalls, some bodybuilder from Harlem who had a, like, uh, workout show on Saturday morning. He's pretty popular, this Herman Smalls guy. Uh, the next program was Yahweh Ben Yahweh. Don't ask me why I would watch Yahweh Ben Yahweh, because it made no fucking sense. It's a cult. They're crazy. And the way I'm saying that this ties in is because that black guy for Trump, dude, is involved with the, he used to be involved with the Yahweh Ben Yahweh people. And I, I remember one time I walked by and I, I'd see this black guy with a white turban and he's talking about he, you know, I know God because I am God. And then they saying this crazy shit. And I, and I got caught up. So every week I would watch this program. Now I ain't thought about this program in years. And two, we see this crazy motherfucker sitting behind Trump. Could you imagine? That's how sick Trump is. Trump is so fucking crazy that a guy who's been accused of putting somebody's eye out with a stick could sit that close to the president and it's not a problem just because he has a sign that says blacks to Trump. Yep. Well, sunken place. I mean, this fucking guy's got a, he already looks crazy. He's got like a perm and a ponytail. Who has a perm, a a perm and a, a perm and a, I mean, he's, he's halfway to being Jermaine Jackson. You know, uh, yeah, that that guy's confused. I don't know. He might be a Jackson, but is it, I turned, wow, where did I see that interview? No, I saw the, I was on Facebook and he was running the live stream. I just clicked on it. I don't know why I clicked on it to hear what the shit he was saying. And once I saw that guy, I was like, I got to turn this shit off. But see, that's Trump annoying me and the guy behind him with the sign, they kept moving. I was like, all right, I can't watch this. I can't watch this. Listen. Any Trump rally is lunacy. That it is, Trump is living out a Adolf Hitler fantasy. It's legitimately he's fantasizing that he's Adolf Hitler in 1941 Germany, and that these people he he sees everybody in that audience in a uniform, ready to go to war with him. And that's how sick a man. I mean, we are in a. We are such a sad, sick society right now. We got nobody standing up really saying that this guy's got to go. You know, yeah, after, after uh, the Charlottesville shit, it, it should have been a, this is a gots to go situation. Yeah, and I don't know what people, I don't know, because you got one side who they say behind closed doors, they don't like Trump. But they don't say anything to the public. You know what? Fuck the closed doors. That's not doing anybody any good. I'd rather be the senator who's hated, who sits there and goes, you know what? I can't get shit done anyway for my people, so I'm going to make a ruckus. We got a lunatic making a ruckus. I do feel like it's coming. It's going to come down to, I, I see another form of like a civil war happening in this country. It's like, there's nothing left to do. You know, unless we get him out. I mean, think about it. Okay. The world right now is focusing on Las Vegas, Nevada, because of Floyd and Conor McGregor. 
That's pretty much a given. Well, guess who's having a fucking rally in Nevada? Lunatic. Who's it? Oh. Lunatic Trump is heading to Nevada. And here's the thing. Presidents don't have rallies. Yeah, Union leaders have rallies. rallies. Uh, what the fuck are those called? Uh, cult leaders have rallies. Dictators have rallies. Presidents don't have rallies. They have addresses, and that's it. And they usually address yeah. the nation. He still thinks he's running for president, but he's only running with his base. And the thing is, that's killing me. People have known this guy for 20, 30 years plus. And it seems like they're even surprised of who he is. People that have known him, who vouch for him, are like, who is this guy? Where did this guy come from? Because how the fuck did he do The Apprentice all these years and and him being a, a, a crazy racist never got out? But he had race cases before as far as, like, not wanting to rent apartments to black people and stuff. Yeah, but a lot of that shit's his dad, too. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you sit in the father doesn't, you know. Yeah, it stays in the, it's with the family. Right. But, damn, man, I mean, this kind of, I'm saying this, when you can legitimately sit on national television, when you see people out there screaming about Jews, carrying the Nazi flag and say that there's good people on that side also, that's that's beyond comprehension of you insane. Yeah. Speaking of that, and there's a black guy on CNN. I don't know why they bring this guy up all you know the time to do. talk. The fuck is his name? Paris something. All he does is defend Trump. I'm like, dude, is this the you guy who cried? I'm not sure if he cried, but he, he's a he's a Trump supporter. And I was watching something with Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper was talking about how Trump didn't denounce David Duke when he first came out in February for um, Trump. And and the guy said, Paris, he was like, oh, but he did denounce him in March. But I'm like, February comes before March. So if you didn't denounce him when you first put out a message in February, then when Critics came out, and all of a sudden in March, he said he didn't know who David Duke was. Yeah, that's... How you don't know who David Duke is? That's the crying guy. The guy who, he was so upset that now he's in tears because he felt betrayed. That guy, you know what? We know why certain people are carted out. How do you look yourself in the mirror? We know why last week uh, they dug up George Foreman out of nowhere because oh, he was going to have something to say to Colin Kaepernick and he was going to yeah. hold the company line. That was the dumbest. <sighs> now, I look at people like that and I just like, just, just, just say no comment. Even LaShawn McCoy came out this week. I'm like, just say no comment. It's easy to say no comment. Yes, it is. Now, you know who really baffled the shit out of me Monday Jim Brown had one take on Colin Kaepernick 
Last oh, I night, read, I just he read had it just a now, whole yeah. different point of view. It's like a psychotic old man. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I guess the older he got, he forgot uh, uh, what an activist is and, and stuff. Yeah, but how but do he you basically have... said last night, Colin has to make up his mind whether he's truly an activist or a football player. Yeah, but just three days ago, you said that you were 100% behind him. You support him. I marched with him. And then All three time. days later, totally different story. It's it's at least one one person, at least I will give him a little credit. It's hard for me to do that. At least Steve Harvey has kind of disappeared into a corner. He is, he is not uh, reassociated himself with the insanity of this. Oh, because he got um he I think he took it the hardest. So I guess he seen how people was turned on. He's like, fuck that. I'm staying out of this conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Steve Harvey at least has backed away. Now there's now there's this big fat black lady. She's a new one. Big fat black lady who I don't see anything wrong with Trump. She's the new Fox and Friends. They find uh, these people. They dig. They dig. It's like digging for gold. You, you get a. Uh, hey, let's find one. They're somewhere. You know. I be thinking these people just be saying these things to to end up on television or something. Get these five minutes of fame. Yeah, somebody is somebody is hunting these stories that you know on YouTube, uh, uh, Yahoo, and Google. And you know how sometimes. If you unfortunately have your picture associated with your your name, it appears. Oh wow, that's a black person, and she's being very positive. Let's track, let's let's trail her for about a week and see if this keeps up. And then, because why is somebody asking this cow out of the blue to appear on national television? Not like she's a pundit or. Uh, political correspondent. You know, I don't understand. In this world, you got some people who could, no, no matter what, they can go to bed and, and, and live with, they can look in the mirror and they can live with themselves. They're usually called psychopaths. Psychopaths don't feel empathy. Nothing's going to bother them. How they looked, how they viewed, how anybody else... Uh, thinks of them mean nothing. That's not a part of their makeup, you know? Yeah. I do. Re- I remember when there was a woman uh, and her husband was Mexican or something and she voted for Trump and then complained when her husband got deported. Yeah, it's not he like... He said he was going to deport the gonna... people. Yeah. So yeah. now you want to complain when the guy said, hey... I'm going to deport people. Oh, I thought he meant the bad guys. You people are fucking idiots, man. I don't understand. I don't understand people. It gets to the point I don't even turn on the news in the morning, and I used to enjoy watching the news as soon as I wake up in the morning, but I get tired of hearing about Trump every five seconds. Yeah, well, that's true. But, you know, it's a lot of people. You don't even have to be in a Trump category to fit into that kind of mindset. Let's think about John Jones. John Jones obviously has to know he's dirty. He beats Daniel Cormier 
four days later, he kind of taunts Daniel. What's your excuse now? You can't use steroids. A month later, negative for a positive for steroids. Yeah. I mean, how the hell do you say stuff like that knowing the whole time what you did? Now, here's the, I have a question. Maybe you have an answer for me because I have not heard any sports reporter say this. If me and you are going to fight tomorrow, I fail a drug test today. Why do they allow me to fight you tomorrow? Why the fuck did anybody, the, the, the athletic commission, the UFC, anybody allow that fight to go on? They put Daniel in harm's way. But then he failed the post-fight drug test? Pre-fight post. He oh, failed the day before, just like he had did the, before 200. Oh, I thought it was the post-fight. How the fuck do you allow him to get in the ring? I mean, it's almost... Wait, and the, the last fight... Oh, no, he was also suspended for cocaine. Yeah. It was cocaine. See, yeah. this is the same thing. Mark Hunt actually sued Brock Lesnar and the UFC. He sued them yeah. for damages because he said, y'all put me in a position where I could die. Yeah, and they gave Brock a special... Um, he didn't have to file for the USDA drug testing. He was exempt from it, which was kind of messed up. Because yeah. obviously y'all knew he was on something if y'all exempt him from following the USDA uh, protocols. Now, I know he's not going to do this because he's not that kind of guy. But they say in cases like this, because it's a blood sport, Daniel has the right to file criminal assault charges against him. Think about it. You're hopped up on a testosterone drug. Yeah. It's not like baseball. You know, it's different if fucking Kyrie Irving is on steroids. That's totally different. So what? He gets some extra energy in his lungs. It's not like he's punching Steph Curry in the face. Yeah. You know? As a matter of fact, that's... can't go that route, though. That, that's a, that trade, I think... I don't. I have to see how Isaiah plays with LeBron. I don't know how that works. Well, actually, to me, because he was a man in Boston, and now he gets to take a step back, and he ain't got to score 28 points. But I was like, damn, Boston did the smart thing because Cleveland gets the Nets' first-round draft pick next season. Yeah. That could be a, a anywhere from a one to a – Eight, but it's probably going to be lower than that. It should be a one to three. Yeah, I was trying to get to the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right, they got Isaiah Thomas, they got Crowder, who's good on defense, and they get a a chance at a top three draft pick again. That means Cleveland have had like three or four top draft picks in the past. But since they drafted Le- LeBron, that's that's a lucky ass team. Now, what I would say is this: I think that Crowder puts a chokehold on Iman Shumpert's career. He is expendable now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because Crowder, that. give Crowder, Crowder deserves minutes. 
Yeah, that's why I thought it hurt. Actually, hurt Smith and Shumpert. But definitely Shumpert. Shumpert. This could be. You know what? We don't give a fuck if you're here. If, if you're not here, you you kind of buried on the bench. But see, I just want to figure out how where's the playing time because they also have. You got Zay Thomas now. They got J.L. Smith still. Shumpert still. Then they signed Rose. I think they signed. And they still have Deron Williams, if I'm not mistaken. Well, you know what? He's never making it out of camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be he'll be cut. I don't know what happened to Deron Williams' career. No, he he's never making it out of camp. That that that's a. But here's the deal. Just let's not forget. 2016 introduced us to the brand new NBA that we've never seen before in our lives. Where teams are taking like, in the middle of the season, just taking. Four and five guys for three games and not playing them. So you need a bench now for all those garbage games that you're just saying, fuck it, we don't care. Yeah, even though the commissioner this year, they said that he came up with a new schedule where they reduce the travel time between certain cities so guys shouldn't be sitting as much. But you know what? That's not going to fly. These Those players got a taste of that shit for the same money, and they – are going to they're going to pick and choose still okay maybe they might not be able to screw america on the national tv games like you know like a big saturday night game they might not be able to do i mean because a couple of those big games it was like both sides were taken off yep okay they might not be able to do that but when they got a middle of the week game against orlando and you just flew from Toronto two days before, and like fuck that, man. That's what I don't Jay want to Cr- see guys like Harden and Steph Curry take a day off. These guys are making over two hundred million now. I, 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 the richest players ever in the NBA, so they should play all eighty-two games unless they are injured. I don't care if you just flew from Toronto to uh, Charlotte. California. Okay. And then play the same day. I don't care if y'all play the same day. A morning game and a night game, you should play. For fifty million. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I'm a fan, so I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you. And you know, I am a fan of the team that kinda started this whole ball rolling in San Antonio. Yeah, Blaine Popovich. Yep, Blaine Popovich. You know. And I I, I guarantee you I don't. He he's when he says Kawhi needs to sit for a day or two. Kawhi is sitting for a day or two. He, he, Silver can. Well, once he start making over fifty million, he better strap an oxygen tank to his back and play in the game. He's gonna go like this. Silver, you can kiss my ass. TNT, <laughs> TBS, Shaq, uh, NBA Channel. I don't care because he's not playing for. He's never playing for that game in in October. He's never playing for that game in uh, November. He's playing to try to be in, involved in June. Well, maybe if he played early, uh, um, Lamarcus Aldridge would play better. Well, you know what, Lamarcus should play all eighty-two games. I don't give a fuck if they back the backs. He should be forced to play NBDL and NBA. <laughs> And the WNBA, if they could uh, get him a uh, extension over there. 
Actually, I think Master P actually has a league coming out. And that league, uh, too. Fuck it. Because <laughs> you know what? The way he played, league. I think Candace Parker would have bust his ass in the playoffs last year. <laughs> now, I got to ask you, this time yeah. is coming. Are you still a fantasy NFL or forget NFL? Fantasy sports person. Yes, sir. NFL and NBA. Uh, I don't miss the season. I, I retired from baseball. Baseball is just too long, and I don't watch baseball to know all the players. All the players. Have you uh, did your draft already for the NFL? Uh, no, they start next week. I don't like one of my leagues wanted to draft this week, and I'm like, dude, it's still preseason games left. It's nothing like drafting early and then you lose a star player because of a preseason injury. Hmm. Okay, it's happened so before. Where I lost right my before first round kickoff. Yep. Well, I've actually been in some fantasy leagues with you, but I don't. I have over the last couple of years, and it really hurts me to my heart. I cannot do fantasy sports anymore because I am so die hard for my team that I can't root for these other fucking guys on teams oh. I can't stand anymore. <laughs> I and I've been I've been I've been there. I remember one year my second quarterback and I'm a cowboy fan. My second yeah. quarterback was Eli Manning. Tony <laughs> Romo got hurt. So I had to play Eli Manning almost all the time. And I'm literally sitting there watching games hoping that Eli does but when Eli does well in real life, I do bad. <laughs> so to win a couple of hundred dollars, man, is not the payoff is not, you know, it's not worth it to me anymore. <laughs> Back, what about pick'em leagues? Can you do a pick'em league where you like pick which team is going to win each week? No. Or how many teams? I've oh. never, I've, I've never done that. I've always done that. Uh, what is it, that PPF or whatever the fuck that is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, each week you got to play your players. You need to sit this guy. Then you got weeks where people are, they buy weeks. I mean, and you know, I'm no fool. I, if, I, if I'm if i in a fantasy football league and I get a chance to draft Odell Beckham, why the fuck wouldn't I get Odell Beckham? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now I'm sitting there hoping Odell doesn't just catch the ball, but he gets in the end zone. And that kind of like defeats my whole purpose of why I love football. Yeah. <laughs> He's a fucking uh, enemy. He's Odell Beckham. That's how I feel with basketball. See, I'm not committed to really any NFL team, so. Oh, man, see, I'm a over 30-year-plus committed to the Dallas Cowboys. And what I, that means if I'm committed to the Dallas Cowboys, that meant I'm committed to hating the New York Giants. Yeah. <laughs> that that is. And actually, they played it the first game of the season, right? Yeah, and you know what? This is like for the third out of the last four years, and it is really fucked up. Especially since I think I've been on the losing end of two of them. Oh man. I live with a I live with a Giant fan. And it's not a pleasure. It's not pleasurable. It's very nasty. We do not watch the games together. We don't eat together. She stays in one part of the house. I stay in the other part of the house. The most you hear, somebody might scream from one, he's a piece of shit. Uh, that, that's, but there's no pleasantry. There's no, 
say it's a, a, a eight o'clock game, and usually a Sunday night game, we'll watch that game in bed. By then, I'm out of the living room. I'm in my bedroom. I want to chill out. Bed is much more comfortable than the couch. I wish I was one of those people whose couch was more comfortable than the bed, but it ain't that. <laughs> my my bed beats my couch by ten. Yeah. Shit, I paid enough for it. <laughs> but I can't even go in my fucking bedroom on that night until that game is over. Well, what if the Cowboys lose? Do you just go right to bed or you let it simmer for a while? No, 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 no. <laughs> you know what? It depends on how... I mean, I might have to hear some bullshit because, you know, everybody in my world knows I'm a Cowboy fan. So I could potentially get texts, no. <laughs> phone calls, ha, 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 Facebook blows up. You know, like the people sticking it to me. I ain't playing the game. I'm just a fan. <laughs> but oh, so, man. no, it, it, it's, it's ugly. Two, I love my wife to death, man, but two fucking Sundays or a Sunday and a Monday, two times a year, man, I could do without her. I mean, do without her. It'd be worse if they see each other in the playoffs. Oh, and that happened one year, too. So we played twice, and then we played the playoff game. <laughs> and the thing is, I introduced her to football. <laughs> when I met her the first, let's say the first 10 years we were together, I watched football by myself. She had no interest. She would read the New York Times, didn't give a fuck. And I remember, like 2006, she went out and brought this book, Football for Dummies, so that she could really understand the game. Oh, now, cool. here's the thing that's fucked up about it all. My wife knows football like any man knows football. That's been lifelong watching. She knows everything. She knows the blocking. She knows every fucking offense. She knows the linemen. She knows the draft. Matter of fact, she's on. She's all up on preseason. I'm a football fan for easy over 35 years. You know, I don't give a fuck about preseason. I don't keep up with. I don't read. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a member of my Cowboys page. She knows the pages. She knows the players. She knows every coach. I'm like, you know what? I just watch the games. <laughs> but, yeah. but that's good to have. At least you have another sports fan in the house. Oh no! But see, it's not like having a sports fan. It's having. It's it's like. When it comes to sports, I live with Donald fucking Trump. <laughs> okay? That's, that's how bad it is. If, if there was any other team in the league, say with the Miami Dolphins, it'd be no beef at all. all right. Because it's not like we would be stepping on each other's toes. But we go for the same division, same division, and then every year one of us has to start off with a loss to the other one. I, what made her become a Giants fan? Huh? What made her become a Giants fan? Well, New Yorkers, man. Oh, okay. Everybody always asks me, how the fuck am I a Cowboy fan, you know, being born and raised in Brooklyn? But my favorite, all-time favorite football player, or my second all-time favorite athlete after Muhammad Ali, was Tony Dorsett. And he got drafted by the Dallas Cowboys in 76. And ever since then, I've been a cowboy fan. There was no ifs, ands, and buts about it. 
you know, that's who I am and that's what I'm going to be. Now, how I became a Cowboy fan and a Spurs fan is just, that's just coincidence that a, a Brooklyn boy, two favorite teams are from Texas. But I am a Yankee fan. Oh, did you see that brawl yesterday? Yes, I did. Uh, I'm I'm waiting for the suspensions to fall down, but I think Cabrera, Cabrera has to take the blunt of it. He started the violence. Oh. That's, a, that's the only good thing. Well, baseball, and hockey, they 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 have their brawls. You you're not allowed to brawl in the NFL. I mean NBA. Oh man, you know that was the olden days where you would see a punch or two. Yeah, I mean, uh, you got to go back. You got to really go back in your mind and in time. Doctor J had a fist fight with Larry Bird. <laughs> Could you imagine Kevin Love having a fist fight with uh, LeBron? Uh, no, with KD it doesn't happen anymore. Nope. I mean, but that I actually prefer it because I'm like, uh, maybe everyone will be friends if I punch you in the face. No, well, you if know I what? Check you with an elbow to your to your neck. That changed. That changed the NBA when they all became buddies. But what happened was they all became super rich. Yeah. And that, and that shit put them in this other. Because if you you know you don't have to be a nosy person. In this world, you don't even have to be a nosy, gossipy person, but TMZ-type stuff is in our face all the time. And if you ever look, you look anywhere, D-Wade is in Paris. This one's in Paris. That one's in It's like they all sent out a memo to each other. Hey, guys, we're all going to uh, Dubai next week. Y'all coming? At least I have one person that's not scared of... To throw you on your ass? No, man. There, there's no Oakleys or Anthony Masons around anymore. I could use a, a bully on the team. Hey, first of all, getting that guy drafted, he's got to – he would have to be – the closest to that kind of guy could be is a Draymond. But Draymond's not naturally nasty, even though he's got that, that fucking fucked up foot. He will kick your nuts off, <laughs> but it's not like he's just out and out nasty. You know what I mean? Draymond still wants to be liked. Well, it could be like a, you it, know, it, it could be a guy that's liked, but like a tough guy, like like a Barkley who would just he didn't really start things, but he would throw you down. But you know what? Nowadays they go like this: you touch somebody, we could hit you from. Anywhere from six to ten games, no pay, and with the ridiculous fucking money. Think about the ridiculous money that they make now. There used to be some guy's year salary ten games. Ten games was other players' year salary. Yeah, who was it? I think Dennis Rodman got suspended fifty games. Oh yeah, Dennis Rodman. Take the cameraman. Dennis Rodman would last about one season in this NBA. <laughs> One season, you know, shit. Isaiah Thomas couldn't last in this NBA. 
uh, nobody on the Detroit team was no, last. Nobody in their starting five was lasting. Only only one would be Dumas. Oh, Dumas, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no way in the hell. No way in the world. Uh, What, what was the white guy's name? Uh, Lambier. Uh, yeah. Lambier, they would, he would go to training camp, and they'd have a bus waiting for him right outside the same day. Nice scene. Yeah, he'd, be in, he'd be in prison. Mm-hmm. You're not, not in this sport, man. I miss those days. But I really think the NFL needs to all get together, get their player union correct. Um, if they have to boycott a season, boycott a season to get some fucking guaranteed contract. Oh, well, you know what? The guys, here's, and I, I've, I've listened to that story quite a bit. The guys making the super money are fine. It's the fucking idiots making 342000 yeah, They but can't that's what afford it. Forget the guys that's making the super money. If they don't want to be a part of the strike, let them go play. Who they going to play with? See, but here's the, you have to, you have to think about who the NFL player is, right? A lot of these guys, they come in the league, they already got three babies. They ain't paid for that first fucking house yet. They want that car. That signing bonus, what happens is that signing bonus fucks your life up. When somebody just throws three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars in your pocket, and then you go out and do stupid shit. Like, my wife was telling me about a player. I forget, forget the guy's name. I forget where he plays. But the guy's only making 600000 but he owns a fucking Porsche. No. Why would you buy a Porsche? He buys a Porsche and a house, and he's got three kids. $625,000 is not Porsche, house, and three kids' money. In three years, he'll be broke. Exactly. So there's too many. Think about it. Okay, there's 75 guys in the league who are set. The other 375 guys, they're not set. They're those dudes making between 600 and 1.5 million. And out of that, you got to pay agents. You got mama with a handout. You got brothers, sisters. Some of these fucking guys still feel loyal to the dudes in the neighborhood. You know, you know, it's just like, think about it. The average NBA player is like that dude with his first rap album. His starter kit costs him several hundred thousand dollars. The stupid ass chain that makes no sense. I need, I need a diamond studded ice cream, ice cream sandwich with a clown hanging from the sandwich. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they have to figure stuff like that. I I feel like if I make two hundred thousand. Yeah, if I make two hundred thousand as a football player, and it's not guaranteed, but there's a chance I can get my two hundred thousand. If there's a chance I get a hundred thousand dollars guaranteed, I might have to find something else to do till football see till the football strike is over. Yeah, but you know what? How many of them are students? How many of them really were students? Now I'm not saying all. There's no. I'm not gonna lump no all at all together, because there's some. There's some brilliant young NFL players who, matter of fact, one of the guys in the NFL who had his contract guaranteed 
and I think he played like three years for the Ravens or something. He just retired this offseason because he's going to MIT. He's like, fuck this, man. Well, I can still think. I'm not injured. I already got my house. I already took care of my parents. I got a chance to get a doctorate at MIT. Fuck that. I'm walking away. I retire. Yeah. Oh, but you're 25 and you haven't done anything. He said, I did everything. It's like they already gave me a lottery check. And besides, you can't take you can't take the three years that I put on the field. I played this game. Yeah. But the game ain't going to play me. I'm walking away. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially somebody like that who has something he can fall back on. That's what I think. Some of these guys really need something to fall back on. You can't just live football. Because what's the average football career? Well too short. I mean, like you, like I said over and over again, huge Dallas Cowboy fan. It's about thinking. Ezekiel Elliott act like he can't turn down one shot of ass. Like he can't turn down a piece of trim. If he if he does, he'll explode. Like he'll turn to dust. Here he is. He's in trouble over women, and he's constantly getting into more trouble over women. Okay, he's got a. Uh, He's being suspended by the league for six games. His off day, he's got to be out on the boat with a bunch of women in bikinis. You can't ever just have the chicks meet you at that pool at your crib. Yep. You know? Ezekiel, stay out of trouble, date men. You know? Sometimes you keep do some of this shit. Just do it behind closed doors. Nobody said not to enjoy your perks. No, they like to be flashy. Exactly. But see, at least at least Zeke is a he was a number four draft pick, which means that comes with twenty million. He's already a millionaire because his signing bonus was probably worth anywhere from five to ten million dollars. So Zeke so is as, as, as we see, yeah, if 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 your if your numbers drop, things could happen where he's like uh, you're no longer heard from in the NFL or you become a backup. Trying to claw your way back to your your superstar days. Yeah, I mean, but see, some of these fucking guys, man, some of them legitimately can go from being NFL players to eating ramen noodles in three years. Legitimately. But see, Zeke, that shouldn't be his issue. You know? Because he, he's made that money, that that is going to that's going to they the NFL players when they signed that CBA, it was the worst CBA in professional sports. This is what I mean. The unions suck because the owners are dictating everything. Basically, I mean they do get profit sharing, which is great, and all the teams split share share the uh, into the profits. But none of that ever comes into what, what the players are receiving. It's like the players get the short end of the stick. Yeah. NBA players, put it this way. It's like, it's like NFL players are grade school students. And baseball and basketball players, them motherfuckers got doctorates and, yeah. and, and masters. I don't know how bad baseball got the money. Did they ever have a strike? Yes, they have. Oh, okay. Who have they? They've had they've had nasty strikes. 
I'm talking month long, not month, months long strikes where uh, actually Major League Baseball was hurting and they did it at the right time, right before the explosion of all the steroids and home runs, which yeah. brought the fans back. But Major League Baseball players, when you sign that contract in high school, every dollar that motherfucker's guaranteed. You never I have to. Think- NFL owners would could sustain a strike. I don't think they would want to sustain a strike. That's what I'm saying. If you threaten to strike or you do strike, I guarantee by week two everyone's back. Yeah, they make too much. NFL makes way too much money to allow a strike to happen. Yeah, but you know what? What is the NFL? These guys have. Uh, I think they also have something in their that CBA where there has to be something like 75% have to vote yes. In every way that they could screw themselves, they screwed themselves. I mean, they went out of their way to screw themselves over and over and over again. But, okay. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just saying, because in football, out of any other sport, your risk of injury is much greater in football. Your risk of dying. Yeah. So you mean to tell me if I'm on the football field and I don't have a guaranteed contract and I blow out my knee and I was, let's say I was making $4 million and then they're like, well, he blew out his knee to get rid of his contract. How does that benefit me? I don't blew out my knee for your team and you're, you're not going to give me nothing. No, you'll get a settlement. Yeah, I don't we, want a settlement. I want my $4 million. No, we'll give you something like seven cents for every $2. And you'll be happy to take it because you ain't got shit guaranteed to you. You ain't got nothing else. But this is what I'm saying. They need to get together, forget the Tom Brady's and the Drew Breeses of the world and figure out a way to where they can get some form of guaranteed contract. They don't have to be all your money. You sign for three years, something happens, maybe you get a year and a half. Yeah, well, at least you get 25 to I would say twenty five to thirty three percent of your of your money guaranteed. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't want no one like to sign the Eddie Eddie Curry deal. He got sixty million and then play a game, and he get his whole sixty million. To me, that's not fair. Yeah, see, and that's what they're scared of too. Well, at least if they they'll try to convince you that they think that a lot of these guys, because of the pain and suffering, would be like if they could get the money without going through this bullshit, they would take the money. Yeah, but you know what? The NFL owners are taking money hand over fist, hand over fist. Now, before we close this one out, just one more time, what? Tell me what's going to happen tomorrow night at this fight. We'll let that be our closing words. Well, uh, I think it's going to be a boxing clinic, and McGregor is going to be on the opposite end. I think it's going to be a lot of pissed off. Irish fans in that arena tomorrow, and I would not want to be on the Vegas Strip afterwards. You know what? I'm gonna. I will agree with you. I was just looking at my my. I guess my. You know, you get that stupid thing of what you did today last year. Yeah. Last year today, I was in Las Vegas. Oh wow! I was there through the beginning of almost to the beginning of September. So. By a year, I missed it, and I was there earlier this year. 
And I'm glad I am not anywhere near T-Mobile Arena. I think tomorrow night will be nasty. I think it will be nasty from one end to the next with a lot of verbal bullshit. But I also think that there's going to be a 155-pound black ball-headed man doing some real nasty shit to a white Irish guy. Yeah, and that's the thing I, I think of. I, I think as a black man, I'm going to be in the street, on the strip, and them drunken Irish you go come out of there, and there's gonna be a fight. Oh, hey, you would hit. Let's let's be honest the, about this. I watched first take today. I see more black people standing, sitting behind Stephen A. and Max today than I normally see in a whole week trip in Vegas. I was like, where are all these black people at? <laughs> now. You, you're more likely to run into a crowd of 20 white guys than you are 10 black guys at any time in Vegas. Yeah. And to be outnumbered when shit is just not kosher to begin with, but you know what? I never thought about it this way. Floyd, we need Floyd to come through for us too. <laughs> How about that? It, we can't take a loss on this one. We can't. No, no, yeah, because I can see the Irish kids walking the. Uh, if um, McGregor wins, I can see the Irish kids walking the strip. So about dance with me, boy. Oh man, we uh, can't. Could you imagine? You know what? Trump would turn this into something too. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking clan, these Confederate fuckers. They, we, we, we need this. We need the victory. I hate to say that Floyd needs to carry us to victory, but. He better fucking win on eight twenty six, man, twenty seventeen. Yeah, he has to win decisively. He can't go to uh if he goes to decision, I think that's a that's gonna be a, a sour mark of his career. No shenanigans. A no shenanigan fight. Yeah. Yeah. No shenanigans. Well, close us out, my friend. As always, folks, it's been a pleasure. You can find us on all forms of social media at NetboyDoc. But most importantly, sign up to that YouTube page. Hit that subscribe button. We are live. We do live shows every Monday and Friday for the best, uh, for the most part. You can find our YouTube page at NetboyDoc. Comment, share, like, dislike. Just let us know. We might respond to you. Okay, that's a beautiful thing. Well, this is Doc on behalf of NetboyDoc and our world. And I'm just going to tell you people, peace.